Attention podcast listeners, here's an exclusive offer for you. Use the code RUNFORYOURLIFE during checkout for free postage on your order. Now, I am introducing Lucy Locke's Golden Milk, the secret weapon of Olympic marathon runners, ice climbers, and triathletes. Whether you're looking for joint support, injury prevention, or that competitive edge, Lucy Lockett's Golden Milk has you covered. Now, I know what you're thinking, Kent. What is going on? You're just doing another ad, but no, I'm, I'm being dead set serious. This stuff really does work. I've been using it for the past two weeks now, and all I can say is, you know, my inflammation in my Achilles has disappeared, and I'm just feeling overall really, really good. Now, this luxurious organic turmeric paste is designed to mix seamlessly with your favorite nut milk or smoothie, making it easy to enjoy at home. Now, this is inspired by an ancient Ayurvedic recipe. Each ingredient is handpicked for its superfood qualities, working together for maximum health benefits. Now, the star ingredients, which are organic turmeric and ginger, come straight from an organic family farm in the stunning Glasshouse Mountains on the Sunshine Coast. And every 200 gram jar is infused with the richness of three plump organic vanilla beans. Now, these guys take sustainability and ethical production seriously. All their ingredients are sourced from organic suppliers that they share the same values. So give your body the care it deserves with Lucy Locke's Golden Milk and elevate your health and performance today. Now, back to the show. I would say identify with your life that you can confine in. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing, like fuck man life is hard enough like dealing with shit by yourself like why would you not talk to the people in your corner and communicate with them like that you're struggling and that you might need some help like it's a natural natural thing to not want to bother people and, and not feel like you're a burden and stuff like that but like at the end of the day like we're fucking human beings like we need to we need to like confine in each other and um just like communicate if we're struggling and those, like I said, those those times that I've really been struggling, um, and I've like talked to people that I'm close to in my corner, and um, it's just it's made all the difference. That was Jack Anstey, and this is the Running Deep podcast. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Running Dip Podcast with me, your host, Kent Mullins. On this week's episode, I sit down with Jack Anstey. Now, Jack Anstey is an Australian living in the US and has been for the past seven years. Uh, he's a professional athlete, so his main sponsor is Under Armour. And yeah, it, w- it was a very, very cool conversation to get the perspective of a pro. You know, all the ups and downs of being a professional athlete, you know, how, you know, you have to paint a pretty picture on social media for sponsors and it's not going into the behind the scenes, you know, the mentality, the mental strength it takes to be resilient every single day. Uh, and, you know, he did just get 10th in the world champs for the mile. Um, and, you know, we talk about just being consistent. We don't have to, you know do every session that we do with running or whatever, you know, 
whatever sport it is. You know, we don't have to go out hard every single time. We just have to be consistent. That is the key takeaway here. So please enjoy this episode with the professional athlete, Jack Anstey. Thanks for doing this, dude. Really? Yeah, no uh, worries. I appreciate having me. Yeah, really, really honoured to, <laughs> to be doing this. Um, Like, I, I don't know. Like, I think you're the first professional athlete that I've actually, like, full professional athlete I've actually had on the podcast. So, yeah, man, this is, uh, this is really cool. And I've got, you know, got a bit there to pick your brain because... You know, being a professional athlete is, I guess, not what we all think it's supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Well, first of all, congratulations. I think the perfect place to start is um, congratulations on your tenth. At, is it in the like in the entire world for the mile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. World Championship. Um, just got back to the states yesterday, actually. So I'm still pretty jet lagged, but um. Yeah, no, it was uh, yeah, it was a relief. I actually got sick during the week. I, I was staying with my girlfriend here in the states last week, and she got sick, and I was trying to avoid it all week. And mm. um, thought I did a pretty good job, and then I hopped on the plane and like could feel a scratchy throat, and yeah. I was like, oh, here we go, this is gonna be grim. But um, yeah, luckily, like kicked it in the kicked it in the butt just before, like the day before the race, and was like pretty ready to go. So um yeah stressful week but uh yeah stoked in the end and um yeah i feel like it's like i've been on that i've been able to like compete at those championships and stuff but like haven't able to come home with like a result that i'm like proud of it's like one thing to get there but another thing to like be like competitive with those guys the africans and and stuff like that Mm. so it's um yeah hopefully a good stepping stone so what it like again I couldn't actually find your times because I had a look at the world athletics thing and it hadn't been uploaded or put up there yet. So what, what, like just for my audience, give a bit of background into what you run and the times you run, which I just, it's so fast. Yeah. Yeah. So my main event um, is the 1500 meters. Um And then, like, being primarily based in the U.S., um, like, the mile is, like, really big over here. So, it's only, like, 100 metres more. Mm. Um, So, I kind of, like, just jump back and forth between, like, the 1,500 and the mile. Um, And then, uh, yeah, times-wise, I dabble in, like, the 800 metres a little bit. I haven't ran one in a couple of years. But uh, I ran, like, 148 for 800 metres. And then, yeah, my main two events, the 1,500 and the mile, I've ran 336 um, for 1,500 metres and 353 in the mile um so yeah i think like i don't know i might be off by a couple of places but 353 would be like top 10 australians of all time in history so um dude that is fast so what what's that if we break that down into pace what are you running for a mile like pace wise, like two. Yeah, something? so um, it would be about two twenty three a kilometer, I think, or two twenty four maybe two twenty four. Like, yeah, it depends. The miles weird because it's like sixteen hundred and nine meters, so it's like yeah. hard to like calculate exactly like um, 
but it'd be like 224, 220, yeah, around there. So, um, <coughs> I can't. Oh, that's that's fucking fast. That's like that's really really fast, dude. So, okay, let's take a step back. You don't just go run, you know, a sub four minute mile. Like you just, mm-hmm. unless you're really really talented and you've been gifted the genetics of the gods, you just don't wake up and go, you know. This is what I'm doing today. So, you know, there's definitely an arc there. There's definitely a story for my audience as well because you're living in the US right now. How, do, how like, what's the story? Like, you don't just go to the US and become pro. Like, give us a bit of background into, you know, what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I started, like, super late. I, like, I grew up in the Northern Territory. I grew up in Alice Springs, um, actually, which is, like, um, yeah tiny little town rough as it gets um and uh like running wasn't a thing there like like track and field cross country trail running like it just wasn't a thing Mm. um and so it wasn't i I played cricket and soccer growing up i was really into my cricket and um and uh i moved out to toowoomba in queensland when i was in about grade nine um and yeah like still playing cricket still playing soccer at that point like never even thought about running um and I think like the kind of like politics in those sports of just like not being able like it's a bit I went to like a a a pretty rough public school Mm -hmm. in Toowoomba and the same now springs and like you weren't like getting selected based on that pretty much and you weren't like making representative teams and cricket and and soccer and stuff and I just kind of like got over the politics of it and like kind of stumbled into running where like it's pretty cut and dry like you know like times don't lie places don't lie it's just like pretty Mm. it's as like cut and dry as it gets um so I like fell in love with that probably in like grade 10 grade 11 in school um and then yeah it kind of just like snowballed from there pretty quickly um yeah, fell in love with it. Found a found a great coach um, who was uh, able to develop me pretty quickly. And um, yeah, I, I I guess the main takeaway is just like how cut and dry it is. Like it's like not even comparing yourself to other people, but like I fell in love like immediately with I ran. I'm I'm running faster than I was a week ago. I'm running faster than I was mm. a month ago. And like that's you can get obsessed pretty quickly. Um, mm. And so that's that's how it that's how it came to fruition and then you get a bit older you get a bit smarter and have some good people in your corner who know how to um, develop you as an athlete and as a person and yeah you just it just takes years and years and um yeah eventually here we are living in the states mm. for about seven years now and um yeah it's 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 been it's been a really fun ride so so like with with a coach, like did they see something in you they didn't see in other people or, you know, because I, I guess you've really got to have a knack for this. Or, 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 like especially the speeds you guys are going, I guess, look, I, I know for a fact for me, I'm 80-odd kilo. I'll never, ever run a sub four-minute mile. Uh, okay. People go, oh, yeah, you've got to put in the hard work and dedication. I'm like, well, first of all, don't have the dedication to do that but i think you've got to have a certain body type just a certain mindset and did like did your coach see that in you to want to put that effort in or was it sort of like a a you thing where you went this is what i want to do i'm going to continue this 
Yeah, well, I think you are right. There is obviously some luck in like the genetical dispositions mm. that you have. Like, there's no doubt about that. Like, you've got to be. Um, there's a, there's definitely an element of that. Um, but like, it's interesting you say like you, you, a coach like seeing something in you because if you I've had three coaches in my career. One in Australia, um, who I'm still very close to. Um, and then two over here in the US. And um, the first one I would say is like probably most instrumental in like my development. If you talk to him, he would say I, I turned up to my first training with him and, um, you know, he still tells the story today, actually. We'll just um, – I was on the phone to him the other day and he was like, I can't believe you're 10th in the world after how you mm. first turned up to, to training with me because I was just I, – I lacked confidence. I was like very – um imposter syndrome like should i even be mm. here like all these guys like, because you gotta remember i started in like grade 10 so grade 11 so people have been the people he was training were like doing it since they were like 12 13 years old and mm. i'm like rocking up for the first time didn't really know anything about running i just like wanted to have a crack and um yeah he always talks about how i had like a natural ability but it was really like the self-belief that I had to kind of mm. like tinker with for a few years there. And um, yeah, it's still something even today that I like have to, um, I feel like every step that you go, like I came over to the NCAA, like moved countries, never been overseas before. I had imposter syndrome then. Like you're yeah. running, like shit, do I, do I belong? Do I belong? Then all of a sudden like you sign your first professional contract and like you're going to train with people who like are Olympic medalists and stuff like that. And you're mm. like, shit, like, I don't be- like, fuck, I don't belong here. Um, so I feel like it's just like a constant involvement of like, you have to just like keep finding a way to believe in yourself and learn new ways to keep believing in yourself. Cause it's, um, I do like what you say is true. Like there is a genetic side of it, but like it really, you really do just have to have the belief and if you're hungry enough mm-hmm. like it's, it's it's definitely possible so but it, yeah. it is so funny that you say that because i've been listening to a few other podcasts like rich roll and that and even you know he did a recent one with arnold schwarzenegger and he basically says i never felt like i made it you know this guy is the you know, mr olympia he's the governor of california and you know, you think yeah. he's made it. He's this big movie star. And then, like, you know, you're tenth, like, you are tenth in the world, like, for that discipline of running. Mm-hmm. Like, that should be enough to go, oh, I think I've made it. But it's funny. Like, it's, I think it's a part of the human condition that it's that self belief. Like, sometimes we just, will. I don't think we, we will ever believe that we get there. we've arrived i don't think we ever arrive and i think especially for your story it's this you know this i guess always striving for more like Mm -hmm. always it's i guess it's a nah there's like a toxic side of it where you're you know it's never enough it's never enough it's never enough. 100 percent but then there's the other side of, you know, you're always striving to be better. So it's sort of like a double-edged sword. Like you've never fully arrived, even with my mm. podcast now, you know, I'm it, it's doing really, really well. Like from the outside looking in, you know, I've got to take myself out of the equation, but from the outside looking in, your podcast is doing well, you know, I've, I've got a stable 
well, nice paying job. I've got a family I get to come home to at the end of the day. But then, you know, for me, it's not enough. Like it's, it sounds fucked saying it's not enough, but you know, I no, want I know more. What you mean. I want more. I want, I want to be, have a better podcast. I want to be a better father. So, you know, it, it's cool to even hear that, especially from a, a professional, like an, a proper professional athlete that, it's not just the amateur guys that feel this way when we hit a PR. We always want more. Now, for you, how did like coming into the professional side of things? How do you go pro? Like, what's the how, how does that happen? Yeah, I really just resonate with what you just said. Like, seriously, about like the other night, like um, you get tenth in the world, and like. I'm like literally stoked off the race, but then like I'm sitting in the hotel room that night and I watched the race back and I, I almost like couldn't watch the end. Cause I'm like, well, I could have done so much better. Like, but like, and that, but it's yeah, like man. a year, a year ago, three years ago, five years ago, you dream about being in that position. But like, so you almost feel a little bit guilty, but like you watch it back and you're like, fuck, like I made so many mistakes. Like I could have done so much better. So it's, I know what you mean. And I was actually talking to my sports psychologist about it. Like, um like i've almost resigned to the fact that i'll retire like almost unhappy in a sense because like you like no matter how well you if you're an olympic champion michael phelps still has so many like regrets in his career and he's like a 20-time olympic gold medalist mm-hmm. like it's just inevitable you're gonna be like you're always gonna leave stuff on the table but that's that's the beauty of it that's what keeps you keeps you waking up in the morning and, and chasing after it so yeah that's that's how it is um it's, that, yeah, it's sorry, that journey piece there. no like like just touching on that you know it's that journey piece and i think this is i guess social media paints this picture you know you've got to always be the best and outdo there's like a zero-sum approach to outdo everybody around you blah 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 blah, blah. but you hear you hear some people talk about is fall in love with that journey like fall in love with you know just turning up every single day I think a lot of people look past that and go like, it's not really the result that, yes, you got 10th in the world, but look at how much your life has changed. Like the journey, it's the turning up every single day to training. It's, you know, talking to your sports psychologist, you're in a different country for God's sake. Like it's the Mm -hmm. small things that you're enjoying to get to, you know, 10th in the world. I think that's the, it sounds very cliche, but it's, that's the beauty of it. That's, that's mm-hmm. what makes it fun because if you just got to 10th in the world, you'd sort of be like, oh, but you look back. And as you said, you know, a bit of reflection, you're looking back on the three years that it took you to get to four years, five years, whatever it is, you look back on that journey and go, yeah, fuck, that was well worth it. Can I do more? Can I do yeah. better? Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you talk about like longevity, like that's mm. the most important thing. Like if you're going to be, it's, one thing to be like an elite sportsman for one, two, three years. But like, if you're going to be a serious like athlete with that has longevity over 10 years in their career, like you have to enjoy the little moments, mm. like the setbacks, the like, mm. cause it's just, it's such a lot, like, especially running, like it's such a volatile sport where like you can get, you can walk out tomorrow and roll your ankle and tear your ACL and you're out for a year. Your career's over, like, so you have to enjoy that process of like mm-hmm. there's going to be down moments, there's going to be great moments. Like it, that's that it all comes with it. Like you can't mm-hmm. just be like I want to, 
I don't want to train. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through the rough patches. Like I just want to go out to a world championship and do really well. Just like it doesn't work like that. Mm. So yeah, when you talk about longevity, you have to enjoy everything mm. that comes with it, ups and downs. And yeah, so. I think we got off track a bit as well. So going, yes. <laughs> going back to the, so going back <laughs> to going, no, no, I think it all ties in, but you know, going back to going pro, like, of course there's going to be some misconceptions about going pro, but first of all, like how, how do you, what, what the fuck does pro mean? Like, like, mm. if, does that mean you get paid? Like what, like how does pro work? And like, how like how do you become yeah. pro yeah i mean it's obviously a bit different so like every like obviously in australia especially like professional athletes are mostly footy players and staying like you can you know what that means like you know that a footy player is on a contract with whatever club and like that's how it works but obviously mm. there's a it's a bit tougher to define with like sports like track and field and swimming and stuff like that but like I don't know. I, the way I would describe it is I basically make a living off of running. Um, so mm. I, yeah, I have a main sponsor, which is Under Armour. Um, and I signed with them. Uh, what is it? Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. Two mm. years ago now. Um, and I signed a, I signed a deal with them and um, yeah, they look after me with like a salary and, and travel budget gear, all, all, all of it. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I have a great relationship with them and, then also, yeah, like prize money and, um, yeah, just basically traveling the world and trying to, like, win races and, and, and that kind of thing. So that's probably the easiest way to describe it. There's a lot of other things that go into it that you have to consider. Um, but that's how, basically, I would sum it up. And, like, you know, just by saying that, yeah, like, that makes pretty much all the sense in the world. But, you know... It, is, is it as glamorous as it looks on social media? <laughs> Especially Absolutely going not. pro, Absolutely. like, you know, you've, you've, you're representing Under Armour and Under Armour is no, no small company. Like it's, it's a giant, you know, and mm-hmm. do you ever feel like stressed that you're not going to be performing to the best and they're going to go, Oh, like, how does that, like, how does that work with, every single day yeah 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 Um, yeah no it's like i think that's the hardest part of it is like i've i've had ups over the last couple of years i've had downs like you know that's it's just natural but like through the down periods like i've almost can like and this i don't think a lot of people are gonna understand this like train of thought but like through the down periods you almost consider like or you almost like wish for like oh I almost wish I didn't have this contract, which I know sounds super ungrateful, but mm. like you wish that you would, you were just doing it for yourself so that you wouldn't be letting anyone down or you wouldn't have like, yeah. you know, people looking over your shoulder, like wanting you to perform and stuff like that. Cause like, and I know that sounds like a lot of people aren't going to understand that train of thought, but like when a company's paying you to perform and like you, and like I tore my calf earlier in the year, you, te- mm. you when you tear your calf you can, there's not much you can do like you're on the sidelines absolutely mm. nothing you can do but yeah like i don't know sometimes like light goes out at night time and you're in that bedroom alone and like the thoughts come in and you're just like like waiting to get cut or like waiting for the phone call to um 
yeah talk about your performance and stuff like that and it's, it's pretty tough it's, it's it's pretty cutthroat so um definitely not as glamorous as uh i think people make it out to be but at the same time like i'm literally living my dream like if mm. this is what and that's what i bring it back to all the time it's like you can have those negative thoughts those are natural but like at the end of the day like i wanted this and i still want this and like like i said before those tough times negative negative times like that's just all part of it like you're going to go through it. and i think over time you learn to deal with them a bit better than you than you did previously so um yeah it's a yeah it's it's funny you say that and like again the way i relate to this it's like with great power it's the same with great power comes great responsibility and you know when we think like i'm a restaurant manager i'm slowly making my way up the ranks and I always thought the higher I went, the easier it got. And mm. it's completely fucking opposite. Like, <laughs> like for you, you know, the higher you go, you're a professional athlete and, and people out. Again, it's the external uh, validation. The people that look from out here, looking in, they go, oh, wow, it's, it's so glamorous. You're a pro or you're a restaurant manager. It's like, yep, it sucks. Sometimes it really fucking sucks, you know. You mm-hmm. you're in charge of, let's say, fifteen. Pe- like for me, I'm in charge of fifteen people's livelihoods to get hours to work. If I fuck that up, I fuck their lives up. You know, I'm in charge to make sure customers are happy, and you know, there's so many other things. I like I've got so much responsibility, and I'm like, oh my fucking god, like. And I go, but then outsiders looking in go, oh wow, Kent, like. You're doing such an amazing job. I'm like, I'm fucking exhausted. Like, this is <laughs> stressful. So for you, it's the same thing. It's like, no matter how high you go, there is this all like, this, I guess, sense of responsibility to to turn up to show up every single day. Now, I think this is a good pivot point, you know, for you turning up that mindset of turning up every single day when you don't want to, and. You know, what comes with that with the training? Like, what is a normal day in life of Jack? You know, is it like, okay, let's not go day in life. Let's let's look at like a, let's break down a week. Like, what is your training days? Like, how many hours a week are you training? Like, how does it work as a professional athlete? Yeah. Um, well, it depends. Like, there's certain times of the year where... Um, the, the schedule will look pretty different. Um, the, I, I live in a place called Flagstaff, Arizona, which mm. is very high altitude. Um, and, uh, I, I never, I never trained at altitude before moving up there. And, um, it's something that like to live, it's 7,000 feet, um, which I don't know how much it is, is in meters. Um, but it's really high essentially. Mm. <laughs> um, and, uh, two kilometers, something like that. Yeah. yeah something like that. that. But um, when you're living at that kind of altitude and you're training as hard as we are, like it really is a full-time job. Like recovery mm. is like the most important thing. So um, yeah, I train normally twice a day. Um, there's a couple of days a week I want to train twice a day. That's like a long run day, which is Sunday and a Saturday, which is just like an easy, easy jog. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's, it's, it's twice a day. Um, I'll get up in the morning um, and yeah, do my biggest session, whether that's like an interval session or just like a longer run. 
Um, and then the afternoon is always like pretty short. Um, it'll be like a shorter run and like some stuff in the gym or maybe some physio um, and stuff like that. But like, it's funny. Cause like people always say like, you're a professional runner. Like, what do you do all day? Like you go out for your run in the morning and like, that's gotta be it. Right. But no, it's like a, a typical day. I'll, I'll give you a typical day. It's basically I'll wake up at like um, eight in the morning and then um, breakfast, coffee, and then out the door um, for probably like, I don't know, I, my first session of the day will be anywhere from like 16 to 20 kilometers of like volume. Changes Holy all shit. the time. I just got, sorry, just sorry to cut you off. I just understood when people say pro hours like i've heard on the gold coast i just i've heard that a lot where they go oh yeah i'm training during the pro hours and i'm like they're training between like nine and ten like okay it makes oh I, yeah sorry <laughs> i just went oh my, like that was just a anyway but sorry no but, there you yeah, go okay. yeah Fuck. there you go okay. learn something new um yeah so it'd be like anywhere that the like structure of the session will change but anywhere from like 16 to 20 kilometers and then you're back home um normally i get physio done in like straight after like my first session so it'll be like i my physio's name wes and i'll go in and just get like half an hour 45 minutes of treatment make sure everything's like there's nothing like crazy going on like i said i've been working with some issues with my calf so he kind of makes sure that everything is tightened up there go home have lunch um and then like depending on the afternoon like i might have like a sports psychology meeting or something like that um and then yeah once that's done that'll go for like an hour hour or two you go out for your second session that's like 4 p.m in the afternoon second session probably goes for an hour um it's pretty it's like shorter in volume it'll be only like seven or eight k but like i'm in the gym after that doing like core and mobility stuff and by the time you get done, it's 6 p.m., 6.30, and mm. have dinner and go to bed. So, like, there's just not – people think there's a lot of mm. down, like, time doing nothing, but it's really not like that. You're kind of, like, doing lots throughout the day. And then there's also, like, some days you might have, like, the competing as much as we do, like, travel and mm. planning travel and planning where you're going to race next is, like, half the battle so like on the phone to my agent talking about where i might go next what's Mm. like where what's the next week month six months look like um it takes a lot of effort to come up with a Mm. plan that is going to be successful so like that's a a lot of organization goes into that and it's a it's definitely a full-time job so um yeah yeah keeps you on your toes fuck i'll be completely honest that does not sound like my cup of tea by any means like i guess some people have like i guess everybody has the capacity to train like you i guess you've got to build to that but yeah nah i'm i'm okay with not training that much that um (laughs) yeah like i i okay let's break it down a bit a bit more so how many hours a week or how many k's a week would you say you're roughly you know running k's i reckon about 130 to 145 depending on time of year and like and stuff like that um which like people think that's crazy for like a 1500 like you're running Mm. a 1500 meters like that's not why do you need to run 140 k's a week um Mm. but like 
I don't know, the best guys in the world, they're like so strong aerobically that like you don't have a choice. Like you'll just get exposed if you're not running high volume. Um, and there are other ways to do it, but even like the guys that are running lower volume are running like probably still a hundred kilometers a week. Like, mm. so, um, yeah, it's, it takes a lot. I just, yeah. Like I was getting to rough, like during my peak week, cause I do quite a few of the ultra things, you know, my peak week yeah. was like 98 kilometers and I was <laughs> done like that. I got injured from it, but yeah, mm-hmm. that like that was my biggest week and to be able to consistently do that plus, you know, two kids and work, I, I just, I don't have the phys- like mental capacity I do, but physical capacity, like I just don't have that physical urge to go do it. Now, talking about the physical urge, again, good pivot point. When you, just before you're talking about recovery and how important that is, can you please tell my audience to fucking recover properly because there's a lot i i call them instagram runners they're the people that you know you know exactly what i mean it's i guess it's laughable the ones that go out for a their strava title will be oh really easy recovery run and their pace is you know 320 and their heart rate's 184 bpm and you're like I don't know if that's recovery. Like, I don't know if that is um, the best way to do things. So what's some advice you can give my guys, especially about the recovery piece? Like, do your hard runs hard and easy runs easy? Well, that's it. Like, you just nailed it just there. Like, you have to – the way – I think the the one thing one of my coaches told me that always resonated was – and I've actually got off Strava. I used to, like – be pretty mm-hmm. religious on Strava, but like I got off it just because I found that like there was a lot of those people that you're talking about and it's just like, I'm just going to do my own thing. But anyway, um, the, uh, yeah, what my coach told me was like, okay, for a recovery run, you can run four minute Ks or, mm-hmm. and, and this is, keep in mind, this is for like a conditioned athlete, but like you can run four minute Ks or you can run four minute 20 Ks which mm. is quite a significant difference over the course of a 10K, 12K run, 20 mm. seconds per kilometre. That's quite a difference. Um, your heart rate is going to be – your heart rate is going to be exactly the same or pretty pretty much the same. But what, like, is your body going to be able to – like, how's your body – if you're running yeah. those higher paces consistently day in, day out for weeks and ultimately months and years, like – is your body going to really thank you for that? No, just like run the 20 seconds slower. Your heart rate is going to be the same. You're not going to get any less fit. Yeah. I think that's what people are scared of. Like they, they feel that they need to run hard every single day because they don't want to lose fitness. If you do the easy runs easy and the sessions mm. the way they're meant to be done, like you're not going to lose any fitness. And like it's also pretty detrimental when like <clears throat> people are running these like easy days harder than they should be and like they feel really great about themselves afterwards but then they get to the next day when the important session is Mm. and they're fried absolutely cooked can't do anything the session goes really bad and then they feel the insecure so they need to go out the next day on their easy recovery day hammer that 
and then they come back the next day for the session feeling like really good going into it and like do you know what i mean it's just a toxic cycle of like mm. you just like whereas if you can just control yourself go as easy as you need to go do the sessions how they're meant to be done it's just so much easier like um yeah yeah like 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 i've I'm doing the silent athlete thing at the moment. I'm just, I'm training how my coaches prescribe me to train. I'm not posting it on Strava or barely posting on Strava, not uploading anything anymore, you know, about the splits or anything. Um, The only reason if I'll upload it to Strava, if I just want to have a look at the splits and I can break it down for my own personal sake, but, I could do that with Garmin, the Garmin app anyway. But yeah, I've just noticed even in myself, and it's funny, like, you know, I want to talk about with you the sports psychologist and, you know, that impact that, you know, that sort of role or person has in your life. But I found that I, I get into this comparison game of, I like, to be honest, mm. I've lost a lot of fitness in the past year and a half, you know, even seeing on Strava, like, um, you know, my peak week, two years ago I was at the fittest you know I was running for a recovery run I got to a point where I was running like 445s and my heart rate was you know sort of low 150s and that was recovery for me but now you know recovery runs 630 648 and look I'm okay with that I I just don't have the time or Mm -hmm. have the effort capacity at the moment to to be you know 90 to 100k weeks but I found myself, you know, I'm I'm looking at the times and I'm like, oh, my recovery run or my interval session was done at a 4.30 pace. Oh, this person runs the recovery run at a 4.30 pace. I'm not good enough. And then I go onto this downward. I, and I think it happens for a lot of people. But I find myself spiraling out of control and I go, okay, I can't look at this app anymore. I have to put it down. So I've just sort of taken that out of the equation completely. Funnily enough, I feel better about myself. So for you, like, do you yeah. do you still have, I guess, the comparison game? Is that is that still something that is in your life? And like, you know, with a sports psychologist, do they sort of pick up trends with you, or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're all human. Like, that's like you're gonna <laughs> naturally, <laughs> naturally, like you just we compare ourselves to other people and there's nothing. And, and that's something my sports psychologist talked about is like, I was always like, why am I doing this? Like trying to find some like deeper meaning, but like the reason is you're a human being, like you're going to compare yourself. Like that's what we do. Um, but yeah, I think like something like she's been able to help me with is just develop some strategies to understand that like there are, uh, a million ways to skin a cat just because mm. someone just because i go out to the track and see someone do a specific session that i think is unbelievable and that i couldn't do mm. doesn't mean that on the starting line i should feel any more insecure because my physiology is different to their physiology mm. my psychology is different to their psychology like we're just different people they can do what they need to do i can do what i need to do and like what they're doing shouldn't have an impact on me. Obviously, like you said, like it's natural to compare, but like, I think just developing strategies to be able to like understand that everyone's different. Everyone's going to do their own thing. And like you start to learn your body pretty well and what you're capable Mm. of in training. And um, 
you just need to like find ways to separate yourself from other people mm. and, and what they're doing. Um, it's easier said than done, but it's a ever, ever going pursuit. So yeah. Uh, it's just, it's so like, the more we talk about it, the more I go, it really, I guess, you know, we can get up, we can touch on the piece with that social media side of things. Like, you know, you look at social media and especially your Instagram and it's all the, and the the really nice pics of you running at all the races and you know it, it looks great but then there's this other i'm not going to call it darker side i guess i'm going to call it the more human side that we don't you can see call it that you know yeah it's it's not as like oh, the more the more i think about it would i want to become a pro like pro athlete not really like it just it yeah i guess it sound oh it sounds great and it, it it might look great but then when you're in it and i think a lot of people have to start realizing when you're in it and you're feeling it and you're doing you're going through the motions of the day it, it's not as romantic and as glamorous as as it's made out to be so like for you as a professional athlete those darker days you know because of course it's it's the human side of things you know what what are what are these darker days look like for you because again you you're on the other side of the world man like your family it's all over in australia like if maybe some of your friends like so for you how does how does this whole journey look for you when it when it does get a bit dark and nasty yeah um it can be super tough man like just being really honest like it's I went through a patch earlier this year where, like I said, I, I tore my calf and um, there's there's not a lot you can do when that happens. And, um, yeah, like you said, you're on the other side of the world. There's, like, it, you feel pretty lonely and um, it, it's brutal. And I think um, it's pretty easy to shut down in those situations and just, like, want to be in your room alone and shut off your phone and just like block the world out. The thing like I found to be really helpful is like, um, like I got a fantastic girlfriend who's really supportive and like, I think like early on in like that injury, it was like pretty long injury. And um, early on in that injury, like I did what I said, like just like shutting off completely, not talking to people, but like the moment I started like actually talking about how like crappy I felt and how like mm. each day was pretty hard and it was a, it was a pretty tough process. Like talking to her, talking to my friends that I've got here in the States, like it became a lot easier. Um, so yeah, you just got to like, I guess it just comes down to having good people in your corner um, and being brave enough to like actually voice that you're struggling to mm. those people. Um and then, you know, if the, if they are the right people, um, you know, they'll be able to lift you up and, and make you feel a little bit better and um, get you to a point where um, you're able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, yeah, mate, it, it, it can be tough. It can be a lonely, lonely place. And, um, yeah, certainly not the glamorous side you see on social media, that's for sure. I really, like, the more I'm talking to you, I just, I really am... I think my audience are gonna fucking love you, man. Like, 
there's a lot of podcasts out there that you know, episodes that you talk to the athlete, especially pros, and they go, ah, oh, if I can make this much money and I do this and I do this and every single day is the best because I'm working and grinding towards my dreams. And it's like, okay, like, but listening to you talk, it's that's not it. It's not life. It's, that, thank you. Yeah, it's it's not life. And what would life be without struggle, without these, you know, hard times? And I think it's going to really paint a picture for my guys, and it's, it's painted a picture for me that it's it's really not not this. Um, you know, I guess you've got to have the sort of mindset to live the lifestyle and turn up every single day, uh, and it's sort of have that resilience to to keep pushing when things get tough, which is something I do want to talk about. Um, mm. Now, for you, this resilience piece of just showing up every single day, how do you train that? Like, how do you just keep going? Yeah. Well, that's like, it's, it's funny you say that because, like, that's something I've really worked on with my sports psychologist because I think, like, once you get to this level, the differences in performance of like the top guys is like so small. So like the biggest differences I see are like psychological, right? Like mm. everyone can run so mm. fast, but like the, the, the biggest differences I see are psychological. So like that was the whole reason I really wanted to get into like sports psychology and see someone is like, I thought that would be my biggest kind of weapon, I guess, to, to improve. Um, and so when you talk about like resilience, I always thought I was really resilient. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to move overseas and I'm going to be away from my family. But like, until you're, until you're like, you're in it, living alone. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. you're in it. You're living alone. You're you, like, no one's like paying your bills. No one's doing any, like mom, like mom's on the other side of the world. She can't, she can't do it for you. Like that's when you find out like how resilient you really are. And, um, I guess like for me developing a sense of resilience, I think I have a better understanding of it now that I've like had some sports psychology done and um, something like my sports psychologist always talks about is like how big of an impact our childhood has on us. And like, that's easy to say, like we all know that like you, Mm. your development in those early years is like pretty critical, but I didn't realize like, until we kind of broke my childhood down, like why I am, why I have the habits I have and like Mm. ultimately like why I'm really resilient. And uh, she talks about, um, she talks about this like phenomenon, which is there's basically a lot of research that goes into this, that like um, kids in their childhood that like experience like almost like the right amount of trauma are really like resilient adults um and uh basically like there's a really big link between trauma in your childhood and and being a really successful adult later on it can't be like too much trauma like that you resort to like alcohol and drugs and stuff like that but like enough trauma (laughs) (laughs) um so when she spoke about that i was like holy fuck like that is like it just like yeah completely blew my mind because like i my my parents had like a pretty rough uh separation when i was uh when i was a kid and it was just a few rough years there with like some manipulation and just like typical family stuff and yeah got like went through some bullying in school and stuff like that um 
obviously people go through a lot worse things, but like it was traumatic. Um, and like, I really resonated with what she said about that. Like it's the right amount of trauma that you're just so driven, so resilient. You always feel that you need to prove something. So that mm. was just, I think that's the ultimate factor for me about why I'm so resilient. So, uh, yeah. So I call it sports psychology one-on-one. Mm. No, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. That's super interesting. Like it's, it's funny that you say that. Cause I was just talking, I was talking to someone about it the other day, you know, I've heard that I've heard that you know that study or not study but I've heard that discussion that you know people with as you said the right amount of trauma like like, I guess we like (laughs) all I guess there's no like magic it's a brutal way to put it yeah no no I I get it it's it's like there's like I hate putting trauma on like a scale but like (laughs) you have too much trauma like you're just sorry you can't be safe but if you just have like the the magic touch of trauma you know you you got to be okay you got to be tend to the world <laughs> no like i i completely yeah. understand that like i think our our look i've i've gone through the fucking ringer as a kid you know i had a pretty good upbringing i had a really good upbringing again it was just a lot of yeah Oh, like I, I could say it now. You know, there was a lot of fucking shitty sexual abuse that went on in my life and my friends' lives. Right. And again, does that make me, you know, want to run? I guess ten, you know, a tenth of the world for you know a mile. No, but Not like really, in your own life, like obviously own, yeah. you're doing really good things, and yeah, obviously, like it's it's different. It's a different pursuit for everyone, but obviously, like, but that, yeah, it sounds like you're being super successful in what in what your pursuit is, and like that's exactly like but that's it's what no I different say, to me there's so many parallels whether you are a pro whether you're you know trying just trying your best at life you know the, that trauma i guess you know am i grateful for my trauma or am i grateful for those things a hundred percent there's so many yeah. learnings and teachings in that would i want it to happen to anybody else would i want it to happen to me again fucking probably not that'd be the last thing i want but you know what I mean? There is definitely learnings in that and it all comes back down to a perspective and perspective of how you see, you know, what happened to you as a kid as a negative or a positive, or you can have it as both. And, you know, that sort of comes to fruition as a, as, as the results that you're getting. So, you know, it, this, it, I guess you could say there's like the right amount of trauma. I hate to put it on a scale like that, but that's just, that's just how. No, but it makes sense. It it makes sense. It makes sense. Like, you you know, and that's why everyone and the the main, I guess, theme of Instagram and social media right now in this day and age is do hard things, you know, Mm -hmm. just turn up, be consistent. And the more we can, you know, what's the saying? To be great, you have to be consistently good. You know, you don't have to, mm-hmm. as you, as Absolutely. we just spoke about, you don't have to run 430Ks for every single run. Unless you have the capacity to do that, then go do it. But, you know, if we're doing that, if we're hitting those sessions right, if we're recovering properly, if we're doing all the small things right, the big things are going to matter. Like, the, the, it's all going to fall into place. Um, no, absolutely. So, I'm like, I know we're a bit strung for time at the moment, but, like, there's two, there's two sort of questions I want to land this on. Um, the first one is what do you want to tell my audience that, you know, 
they don't know about you? What's something you can give, you know, my audience that you want to get out there that you want people, you want the, you want the world to know about you. Um, that's a tough one, mate. Um, I reckon, um, probably something along the line of, um, it's, this might sound kind of obvious, but probably something along the lines of like, what you see like on social media and in results and stuff like that was certainly not an overnight thing. Um, I think like with that, like into our daily lives where like if you have a five year vision, a 10 year vision and you wake up every day and take the steps necessarily that day to um, do what you need to do, like whatever that pursuit is in your life, like you're able to, be where you're able to get to that vision in five years, 10 years time. Like um, there are naturally talented, gifted people out there that do incredible things. But like the vast majority of people are, that you see that are really successful in life are just people like plugging away every single day, doing the right things. And like you just stated um, to be great, you've got to be consistently good. So that's, that's basically what I would say. And, and what's your message, you know, again, this is a, I guess, a mental health sort of podcast in a sense. Now, what's your message to the person, the athlete who's, who's out there struggling, who, you know, there isn't really light at the end of the tunnel. They're just sort of ticking off day by day, just going with the flow, but not in a healthy way. Like, what's your message to mm-hmm. that person who is at a sort of crossroad in their life? I would say identify with your life that you can confine in. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing. Like, fuck, man, life is hard enough, like, dealing with shit by yourself. Like, why would you not talk to the people in your corner and communicate with them, like, that you're struggling and that you might need some help? Like, it's a natural natural thing to not want to bother people and, and not feel like you're a burden and stuff like that. But, like, at the end of the day, like, we're fucking human beings. Like, we need to we need to like confine in each other and um, just like communicate if we're struggling. And though, like I said, those, those times that I've really been struggling um, and I've like talked to people that I'm close to in my corner and um, it's just, it's made all the difference. So yeah, identify those people in your corner and um, yeah, try to, although it's tough, try to make an effort to communicate with them. That was really well put. That was really, that was good. That was really good. I really, really, I thoroughly, in like, fuck, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Seriously? No, me too, man. I appreciate you having me. It's been awesome. Oh, man. Like, I just, it's really cool to get, I hate saying it, but, you know, a professional perspective on, on running, like, you're, you're a pro you get paid to run you you're a fast runner you've put in the work you put in the effort and to hear it you know it, it's not that it's not cracked out to what it was supposed to be but it's a lot more hard work than people think it's not just 
I get paid to run. I get a paycheck in my week every single day. You're still getting out there and getting after it. You know, we. Mm-hmm. I guess we look at like Nike and their athletes, and especially Kipchoge and whatnot. You know, he's still putting in two hundred k's a week. He's still grinding it out. Oh yeah, and it's not fucking that glamorous. You know the the time and effort that he has to put in is a full time job. And I think a lot of people don't realize that it is a full-time job. You wake up, you eat, you train, you rest, you train, you go back to sleep, you do it again for seven days a week. Would, would I want to mm-hmm. do that? Not, not really. Like, that yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not something I could see myself doing. But can I see myself doing a podcast, you know, twice, three times a week? Yeah, of course. So I guess it and again comes back to perspective and what you truly want. You know how you see yourself in the next five years. Have that sort of plan and where you want to go. So, man, I really appreciate you taking the time and and, and doing this with me. And I think my, no. my audience are fucking gonna love it because it's a real raw human perspective, and it's you know not sugar coated by this glamorous lifestyle that we think it is. It's it's real. I love it. Absolutely, man. No, I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun chatting. So. And like on another one, what's what's your next race? Like where like what's the plan? What's the the two? I'm two, actually ten. I'm actually on a break right now, man. I'm fucking. Yeah. I get one week off a year, and this is my one week off. So I'm just I'm I'm loving it right now. Um, but uh, yeah. So the way the like that was kind of like that was my last race of the year. That's kind of like what you work up to. Um, <clears throat> and so. I mean, the goal next year is the Olympics. Um, so there'll be like a bunch of different races starting in like January that'll kind of like lead up to that. But um, yeah, take my week off now and then just kind of build back slowly and then ultimately like find some fitness in like the early part of next year and then just progress slowly throughout the year and then try and make that Olympic team. So that's the plan. And what, what's what's the qualifying time for Olympics? Um, yeah. It's like, it's, it's really like changed it's more about it used to be a time but now it's like for track and field it's more based on like world ranking so you need to be like a certain world ranking to like get selected um and it's i won't even go into the i don't even understand the world ranking system it's fucking so complicated but basically you've got to be like around the top 50 in the world um to get yeah so it's pretty complicated but yeah just hopefully run enough races to get a good enough world ranking and then go from there. But uh, I fucking can't tell you how it works. So. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, but man, thank you so much for your time. And um, yeah, if you ever make it to the Olympics, you know, we can, we can do another, no, we can do another one. I think I find like this whole lifestyle so interesting. Like it, it's, it's fascinating to just know that you guys are humans as well. So absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. When do you think when do you think this will come out? I could do it in about two seconds. Oh fuck, right now. <laughs> yeah, no, because I've yeah, like I've pretty much got how I do these as second nature. Like it's just bang, 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 done. Like I could yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll do it this afternoon because I've got to shoot off to work now because I'm just gonna yeah, no, I'm time. no dramas at all. I was just I was just wondering. I'll keep a lookout for it. Yeah, man. Um, but uh, with everything. Thank you so much for coming on and um, really, really, really fucking appreciate it. No, my pleasure. My pleasure, brother. Peace.
are enjoying the podcast, please leave a star rating on Spotify. I can see there's about 1,500 of you who are following the podcast on Spotify and only 28 star ratings. So please, if you have the time, just leave one. Make my day and I will keep bringing you these episodes. Peace.